Ladies, gentlemen, folks beyond the binary, grab your husband, wife, partner, mistress, your wife's boyfriend, that mysterious stranger you effed that one time, and gather around your radios. It's time for this week's meeting of the Erotic Thriller Club. Wife and daughter are out of town, and we're a little horny. So let's get sexy and make some bad decisions in the meat and fire district of New York City. Will we come? Oh, God, yes. Will it ruin our lives in unimaginable ways? Most certainly. This week on the Erotic Thriller Club, Fatal Attraction. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Erotic Thriller Club. We are your hosts. I am Garrett Callender. And I am Kit Ryan. Oh, I didn't. The fucking meat and fire district. You got me, Garrett. <laughs> I have like I've been to New York a, a handful of times at this point. Like I won't say like I knew know New York well, but no one has ever taken me through the meat and fire district where Glenn Close lives in this movie. It's possible that it only existed in the 80s. You know, uh, New York's changed a lot. The Meat and Fire District was well known back then, but the Giuliani took care of that. Thanks, 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> Two things I have to do now. No Meat and Fire District, and I have to take my goddamn shoes off at the airport. <laughs> so sad. So, so last week, if you listened, you know we did Zandali. And, you know, we opened with a, a big, dumb, bad movie early on. So we kind of thought we should fire back with a heavy hitter uh, just to keep you all on your toes. And honestly, uh, in the realm of erotic thrillers, uh, I don't know if there's a bigger one. Maybe and Basic Instinct, maybe. But I, I feel like they're pretty, I don't know. I'll be honest. I think with this one, we blew our load too soon. Oh, and we may no. have ruined our lives and podcast forever. No. <laughs> I don't think you can get bigger than this one. This was the highest grossing movie worldwide of 1987. It was the second highest grossing movie in the United States in 1987 behind three men and a baby. A movie that two out of those three dudes were in erotic thrillers. Wait, really? Which ones? Goot and uh ted danson maybe Selick. i don't have that knowledge off the top of my head Somebody's what about the baby like, did the baby his... grow up to, to be in an erotic thriller um i, I didn't even look up that information i am uh. curious to watch i know on the the criterion collection you can watch the the goot erotic thriller which has me really intrigued because there was a time i showed up to some of our friends apartment 
and everybody was screaming every like there was pandemonium within the apartment when i opened the door and everybody was screaming at me when i walked in the sentence goot swinging a hammer i'm like what does that mean it turns out they were watching the disney film the big green where the goot is a soccer coach and in a montage scene of training he's jogging next to them in sweatpants and my friends the goot is swinging a hammer it might be a kids movie but there's nothing pg about what i saw bouncing around in that that man's shorts that is not where i was expecting that and ted danson plays the best friend in body heat which we'll get to both of these movies somewhere down the road i'm sure we will but get Mm -mm -mm. this fucking movie was nominated for six academy awards six academy okay so um what best best actress of course best picture best director best actress best supporting actress best adapted screenplay and best editing wow like this is a big fucking movie. We and have, we have this, made a terrible mistake. We fucked up so bad putting this so early. Like this oh could have been God, a milestone we... movie. We could have brought a guest on down the road to yeah, talk about yeah. this major, major horny movie. We have made a mistake a almost as big as Michael Douglas made. <laughs> So this movie was made by Adrian Lyne. He is kind of a a sexy movie savant of the 80s. I mean, he made Nine and a Half Weeks, Flashdance, Indecent Proposal, Unfaithful, the movie that basically started this podcast. And then that motherfucker comes out of retirement during the hard times of the pandemic to make us the Ben Affleck, Anna de Armas cuckin' movie dark waters i have not seen that yet so i'm excited to put that on the list oh it's absolutely on the list it is the fact that he's like you know what people are stuck inside they're horny give it to them on hulu it was supposed to go to theaters actually that was more of a a disney decision than it was his but adrian line i mean this dude's dad was a professor at oxford and did he choose to go to Oxford? No, he no, chose sir. to titillate us through the 80s. And thank God. Thank God he did. Let's get in to this fucking movie. Oh my God. There's so, it's so much. <laughs> I think the most confusing thing off the bat was when it got to screenplay. It showed the, um, the writer and it said, okay, so it said screenplay by James Dearden based on an original screenplay by James Dearden. And I don't know if I've ever seen it presented to me in that matter. No. Wasn't it originally a short film? Is that, is that what the, the case was that, that the adaptation was based on? So it looked like it was based on a short film that was maybe made for television or something in England. And they brought it over here and gave us Michael Douglas's tush. Well, let's open this dish. movie. Set us set the scene, Kit. What what's happening in this movie? Well, uh, let's see. We start with uh, the happy family, of course. Uh, you know, just sitting around, getting ready to go to a party. Um, 
and uh, and then and then it's it's a party at a, a a Japanese restaurant to celebrate the release of a samurai self help book, and there is some delightful uh, period piece Jap Japanophobia going on around here. There's like comments about like hope you like sushi as if everyone doesn't like sushi. And then they make fun of the author for bowing. I mean, it's it's a little. He is bowing a lot. He is okay, but he's also at his own book release party. He's bowing though with an intense vigor to it. Like there is, like I think that it would be hard for anyone. Like I'm not excusing racism, uh, <laughs> but once again, there was Kinda a meat fire like district. <laughs> there was a meat and fire district. You could keep your shoes on and the 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 TSA and uh, light racism was not frowned upon oh, oh, in 1980. A little, a little sprinkling of light racism just to get you started. And uh, uh, let's see. I will say opening scene when we, when we're with happy family, pretty mm. erotic from the bat. Michael Douglas is like, is a uh, risky business in it. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure. I've, I mean, okay, you're a man. Um, I don't wear a lot of uh, button-up white shirts and underwear-only combos. Like, is that a comfy way to sit around the house? I would have thought that, like, no shirt, but yes, pants would be more comfortable than a button-up shirt, no pants. See, I don't, I think he was going not necessarily business casual, but, like, business sexual. Business um, sexual. I I don't, don't think wear that, that to the actual office. No, no. I don't think it was comfortable, but I think that life is different for successful people. And um I've not mm. hit that level of success where I have to wear a button-up shirt anywhere. I don't even mm. own one right now that fits me. So Surely I would have to you have something like No. What if I invited you to a wedding tomorrow or something? You wouldn't have anything? Nothing. I'd have to go make a special trip. Oh, no. I guess that shows, like, this guy doesn't have a lot of friends. He's not getting invited to wedding. Shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> Be nice. We're only on episode two and you're already criticizing me. Just your sartorial but choices. But I will say, like, from the top, his wife, uh, played by Anne Archer. Beautiful uh, woman. I would say erotic from the top. Like, his wife is gorgeous. Watching her, like, put on the makeup and everything, it's really, it's really cute. She's really pretty. But yeah, let's get back to the racist party. Oh, right, right. So we're at the racist party because uh, he's a lawyer representing this book publisher, and so he's here for their book release party and his um fat friend makes eye contact with a woman and like does the whole like scans her up and down with his eyeballs and is like oh hi and then uh cut to it's Glenn Close giving him a the evilest glare like it is a wild introduction to a character cuz you're expecting it to cut to hot bombshell sultry look and instead it is murder look straight up i had so many problems with this is gonna be i i'm gonna really mm -hmm. have to dance around the way i phrase things on this 
I am not attracted to Glenn Close. Mm. And I sh- who am I to judge anyone's attractiveness? But I'm going to set the stage from the top anything I say about Glenn Close. I have an issue with when I see an actor, it's typically hard for me to separate them from the first thing I saw them as. Okay, what is the first thing you saw Glenn Close as? The first thing my brain goes to from my childhood, like maybe I saw her before and didn't register, but it probably had to have been the uh, vice president of the United States in Air Force Mm. One. You didn't want to have sex with the vice president on Air Force One? She was too official. She was like a little stuffy. Um, mm. if I remember correctly, but also she was Cruella de Vil. I think she was the first lady in Mars attacks. Like, I don't know. I think I think of her as like my mom or something, mm. you know, like I think You're saying your mom up, can't was... be a sexual being Garrett, because that is offensive. She, your mom clearly had to have sex at least enough times to produce, you know, you and your sister. So. At least twice, then. At least twice. I mean, that's fine. I just don't want to think about it. But if I saw that, I would also rate it low on the erotic scale (laughs) for me. I mean, this movie's going to rate low on the erotic scale purely because, like, all the eroticism is in, like, the first 20, 30 minutes, and then there is no more eroticism to be have. It is all scary all the way. I don't know. Like watching this again, I will say the sex scenes like there we'll get to them. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. We get to the the first like fairly unremarkable meeting between Michael Douglas and and Glenn Close. Yeah, they chat at a bar afterwards and uh, she seems to be into the fact that he didn't rake her over with his eyes the first time he laid eyes on her. And so she she finds that to be attractive. And then it gives a couple of really important lines where he says he wouldn't want that look directed at me. Mm, Lovely foreshadowing right there. And Mm -hmm. uh, also... Uh, he, he says something that I think is pretty important to understanding why he gets to be with, why he wants to hook up with Glenn Close. And he says, like, oh, Jimmy's okay. He's just a little insecure, like the rest of us. And I think that's, like, the key to Michael Douglas's character in this thing, is he doesn't have sex with her because she's, like, the most gorgeous woman he's ever laid eyes on. It is, we can both agree, probably, like, a lateral move at best. Like, it's not, like, his wife is so beautiful that it's definitely not, like, a 20-year-old, you know, walked up to him in, it's, it's clearly not that she is something completely unattainable to him i think it's that he's insecure and feels a little you know unsexy these days because they've got like a six-year-old who steals his spot in bed and you know his wife is like you know undressing and telling him to go walk the dog right like it's nothing all that bad his relationship and his marriage and his family is all solid and good but he feels unsexy and insecure and a woman showing interest in him is intriguing to him and and makes him feel good. And he just wants to come and feel youthful like the rest of us. Like the rest of us. 
we've all been there. Not necessarily to this extent, but you know, you want to feel young and sex feels good. Sex does, in fact, feel good. Uh, so we get to this meeting where yes. uh, you say maybe, honestly, it may be too erotic up top. Bob, uh, his boss, or presumably mm. his boss, heard his neck banging his wife. Yeah. And is really embarrassed to talk about it. And it's yeah. weird that everybody else is so comfortable talking about it. And that they bring it up at work. That has got to be like workplace harassment, right? Like talking to your boss in front of everybody about the fact that he broke his neck boning. Like, right? That's that's an appropriate workplace topic. But after this meeting, which is where like, you know, Michael Douglas gets a little cream cheese on his nose, eating a bagel. Oh, Glenn yeah. Close thinks it's Thank cute. You. They go have a naughty little a naughty little lunch together. Yes. Like a, a little flirtatious friend lunch. Yes, where he lights her cigarette at the fucking table, which was uh, made my list of of weird 80s stuff uh that I kept a running tab on along with the casual japanophobia was also that like they're just smoking inside all the time. To be fair, I certainly remember smoking in Denny's in college. Okay, I did not. <laughs> Mostly because I didn't smoke. And I vaguely remember, like, you know, being a kid and walking into a steak and shake and there being a smoking and non-smoking section. But, like... Mostly, it still just seems so outrageous. It it looks so wrong to see it on so screen. So you're telling me you never went to St. Louis, Missouri to see Slayer with Metal Dave, and then when the show was over, you go to a Denny's, smoke a cigarette, and eat a Moons Over My Hammy to come down from the high of rain and blood. I wish to God that I could say that I had done that exact thing, but no, I, I've I've never actually smoked, so... Hanging out with Metal Dave, sure, sure, but not <laughs> not smoking. So after we have this uh, this, this this cute little dinner lunch thing, yeah, they they ask the question, and I think it's an important question: Is having dinner with someone a crime? Garrett, speak um, on this topic. I think if you keep it a secret, you're doing something wrong. If it's something that you're like, hey, I'm going to go grab lunch with my friend who is a lady. I think it is. I think is wait, is that how that. you talk to, to people? Wait, like, is that what who you tell woman, your wife? A woman is, human. You, like, you're like, oh, I'm going to grab lunch with one of my coworkers later. And so you, you text your wife and say, I'm having lunch with my friend, parentheses, who is a woman, end parentheses. Is that is that how that conversation usually goes? Oh, you're really having to think about it. Well, I'm thinking about how I would phrase it. It's not like I've never. I guess I don't know, like. If it's somebody she doesn't, I don't know. You know what? I might not even mention it because it does seem like an unremarkable thing. Like it right? did seem like they were just going to lunch until it got flirtatious. And like you probably wouldn't mention like I had a flirty little lunch that was a little exciting for me. But no, you'd say is, like, oh, I ran into at this meeting a woman that, you know, we met at the party. And so we grabbed lunch after the meeting and it was very nice. Yeah, it cost $500 and I paid. I don't know that it cost that much. It looked like they were at a nice place. Um, but I, the next part is where things go 
go Weird. south. Not really south. Like honestly, this is like this is like north. the peak of goodness for him. Very this is like, north. Oh, we're at the top of fucking Everest for this one. Um, they bang so good. And that, like, so quick, like they like it's just like, haha, you want to get out of here? Boom, they are fucking. Like, there's no buildup to the affair whatsoever. They are fucking on a plate of, uh, or on a, they are fucking on a sink full of dirty dishes. Hell yeah. I thought that she did something that, like, I wouldn't have thought to do, but, like, if it happened in the moment, I would have been like, that was fucking rad when she did that. Like, I would have thought back on that for the rest of my life is, like, a sexual memory I really enjoyed. When the lady turned the sink on behind her and started splashing a little water at me and wet the front of her shirt so I could see her nipples through the white uh, white um, button-up, that mm-hmm, was exciting, mm-hmm. you know? It was. It was, it was innovative, it it showed she's, she's uh, making new strides new strides in the 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 realm of of sexual you know innovation she's a real disruptor <laughs> in the field she didn't just start with mom and pop you know like a good old mom and pop missionary uh-uh. she sat there she wet her nipples and I was like, from that moment, I was like, I'm not super into Glenn Close. But I get but it. But I'll, you know, I might I get wet it. my nipples next time. Good for you, man. Good for you. And then there's the bit where he's like, they're moving from the sink to the bed and he trips over his own, like, fact that he had his pants around his ankles and they both start laughing about it. And I thought that was delightful. Like, it was very realistic. Yeah, it was a cute moment, you know? Like, it was a cute, lustful, like, cute, like, fun thing. Yeah. I I think we do need to, like, say this, because it is throughout the movie, Douglas ain't afraid to show cheeks. That's important Mm -mm. to us. They're really nice cheeks, too. And Glenn Close has has boobs out. Um, That is as far as it gets, though. We don't see anything more from anybody. But, you know, it's it's tasteful. You see your butt. Okay, yeah. You do. True. The way he throws her down on the bed, you can even see the tan lines on the, mm. the cheeks. Like, it's an odd angle of a butt you don't normally see on screen, too, where it's, like, dangerously close to taint. And, like, if anything had gone wrong, maybe butthole. But it was, in fact, tastefully done by the, <laughs> a master at his craft in framing that shot. That's why this movie got best editing, because you didn't see that, and it got to keep its R rating. As opposed to Cats 2019, where they had to edit out the buttholes. <laughs> so after they're done banging, she's like, do you want to go do something? Which is, it's crazy. They're the same age as me in this movie. They're 36. Yeah. And I do not have the energy to have sex, let alone have sex and then go dancing at the meat and fire district. Yeah, in the it's Latin nightclub, the Latin nightclub in the meat and fire district. And then Which, they fuck again in the elevator. Best sex scene of maybe all time. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. I'm, you who said this movie erotic. was not erotic enough for you are now saying that this is the best sex scene of all time. It was like a fucking steel cage match of sex. There is, like this isn't this isn't an office building elevator. We are in an industrial 
metal cage that they have paused and they are bouncing off the walls and he fucking tears her shirt off her body and uh-huh. sucks her nipples until uh-huh. milk comes out. I mean, I don't wait, what? <laughs> I don't know if that's true, I but don't... he is like ferociously sucking those things. Yes. Like, and then, it, and then like, yeah. they're, they're like, they're like trapped, right? They're not trapped, but like they've, the elevator has stopped and it's like halfway up and you can see someone walking by that could see them there while he's getting a beach. And the look on his face is, it's really good. It is, it's very um, evocative. You can really put yourself in that position. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> and as they go into her apartment, like the way the look about them, the glow that's coming off of them as if, as if they have both just blown the most intense loads of yes. their lifetime. Absolutely. Like, do you remember how good Nick Cage was at fingering and Xandali? Yes, absolutely. Of course. Michael Douglas is equally good at nipple suck. <laughs> what a gift. What a gift. <laughs> Sorry it's going so deep into the blue on this one, but, you know, it's, that's what we're here to talk about. This is true. This is what we're here for. It is, it is, they are erotic thrillers, not, you know, psychological thrillers or. So, you know, he, he sneaks out of the house. He he goes back home. And to me, this is, I'm not a dog person, but to me, this is equal bad as cheating that dog's been wondering where he is all fucking night, probably I pissed and shit all over the house. Thought I was like, that is unforgivable. Like cheating on your wife is bad, you know. But like leaving that poor animal inside all day without coming home to to let him out is absolutely unforgivable like this wasn't oh no um i got stuck in an elevator like for real and i was trapped there and the fireman had to get me out and that's the reason my dog was stuck inside all day no 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 you just chose to to suck nipple instead of helping your poor doggy go poop outside do you think in his mind is like this is going to be a one-time thing the dog will forgive me the viewers will forgive me because I am going to do a horror movie lady move and I'm going to show a little cheek in the shower. He's having a nice little shower. The curtain he does have a, see nice a little, little Douglas shower. cheek. And doesn't the camera move up like from bottom to top? So like, it yeah, and it's like zooming in at the same time so that you can really get that look. Way to go. Adrian line. He knows what not, people like, want. Th- yeah. Michael Douglas, like, I don't know. I mean, were you attracted to him? Like, do you think he's like a sexy dude? Or do you think it's a level of like 80s sexy? It's 80s sexy for sure. It's not. I, But at the, at the same time, you kind of like you like him. He seems like a likable person. And, and I think that works in his favor, except for the part where he left the dog. I did not like him for that. And that that, you know. You know what the John Waters quote about like if you go home with a guy and he doesn't have books on his shelves, don't mm. fuck him. Yeah. yeah, if you go home with a guy or you take a guy home with you and he's like, "Oh, I haven't walked my dog and that doesn't seem to be a problem with him." Don't fuck him. Well, to be fair, Glenn Close is insane in this movie and that well, did yes. not matter to her. <laughs> no, that's Animal true. well-being is not a Very priority low. for Glenn Close in this film. 
very low on her list. Like, and if she knew where Michael Douglas, like, goes down the line, like, she would probably be even more into it. I mean, do you remember, what was this, like, in the, the, it was sometime in the 2000s, Michael Douglas got throat cancer? Oh, yeah. And it publicly came out that, I don't know the science behind this, but he said he got throat cancer from going down on his wife too much. Yes. Uh, the, I mean, you you can get um. Ah, oh, shoot. What's the the virus that that causes it? I, I even ha- I was vaccinated against that. Uh, but yes, it High does. Five. Like, a, thank <laughs> you. Um. But yeah, there is a virus that that can cause cancer in women. It's like cervical cancer, and you know, in men, if. Or when if if you're going down, you can you can get it that way. That is a real thing. What good PR? Like that is right? such like it makes him seem like such a, a fucking catch. Like he's yeah, a great catch. Like he's such a a good lover. Like he's mm-hmm. attentive. He's putting um, his it body seems on like the line. Like he's gonna do you. it every time. And he must be good at it because she keeps asking for more. We assume. <laughs> I mean, that. what, you think she's just like, oh, he really wants to, so I guess I'll let him, even though it's no fun for me. <laughs> that seems unlikely. We see Douglas's cheeks. She calls at the house. Uh, Alex, I guess we should probably say their names. Alex, Win- uh, not Winter, Alex Forrest. Yes, and he, he is Dan? Dan. He's Dan. His wife is Beth. And so, yeah. If you're going to cheat, like maybe this podcast too will teach people the do's and don'ts of sneaking mm-hmm. around. So important. Nothing bad happens in this scene, but it was so risky. Like, yeah, go to the the Latin nightclub in the Meat and Fire District. That's fine. Your Who's wife's not going to the Meat and Fire District. Her friends aren't going to the Meat and Fire District. But to go have a frolic in Central Park? Yes. Yeah, that seemed a little risky. Also, you cannot ignore, though, the fact that when she's calling him and telling him to hang out and she's like, I'll make you lunch. And he's like, no, no, no. And she's like, come on. He's like, I got to walk the dog. And she's like, I love animals. I'm a great cook. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The foreshadowing, which is why I started a, a wild ass foreshadowing checklist, because there are so much in this movie when you go back and realize all the things that are are like predicted ahead of time. But yeah, that's right after he got off the phone with his wife, where his wife is talking about how their kid wants a bunny. Next phone call. She's saying, I love animals. I'm a great cook. Yeah, but take a shot every time there's a foreshadow in this movie. You you absolutely it'll can. You. It'll 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 absolutely get you. There's starting with like the the boss having the neck brace from fucking. Like, ooh, it's foreshadowing that fucking can can go super duper wrong. And then you've got the that he doesn't want that look directed at him, which is exactly the evil fucking look she gets when she goes all psycho. Uh Love animals, great cook. Uh, there's lots of scenes and shots of like boiling pots steaming uh, in the bathroom. They're really like pushing that image. Um, oh man, there was the part where Jimmy says when he first sees Glenn Close, she was undressing me with her eyes. I think she had trouble with the buttons. 
And Glenn Close rips his shirt when she's trying to get him not to leave her. Like, yeah. and rips the buttons. Like, this this movie is so good. Like, you, we are in good hands in terms of the writing here. Like, somebody really Academy wanted this award all nominated writing. I can see why. Uh, the references to Madam Butterfly, of course. Like, super, super obvious. Which brings us to the next scene. They go listen to Madam Butterfly. They talk about Madam Butterfly. They bang one last time. And this is truly the end of sexy. In this movie, everything takes a turning point at this scene. Um, He tells her like, I'm leaving. She's mad and her boobs are out. And she's, I like a naked argument in a movie. I do too. It feels very realistic. I myself have had naked or half naked arguments before. So it it feels very realistic to me. He's like, you know, we just can't do this. Like I would be more, I would respect you more if you told me to fuck off. And he tells her to fuck off. So she leaves. She He starts to leave. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Comes back to kiss his face to say goodbye. Blood all over the place. Her wrists are slit. And now he's got to deal with this problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, first of all, seeing her standing there in the white shirt dress thing with her arms behind her back saying like, let's be friends. Um, It was absolute horror movie shot right there i was like ah no whatever she has behind her back i don't want it turns out i did not i did not want it uh but yeah so he stays the night because he feels bad that she's cut herself i don't know why he decided to just like bandage her up and then be like yeah in the morning he's like don't forget to go to the doctor just take her to the doctor that night and then she is the hospital's problem and not your problem I do have an issue with Michael Douglas in this. I mean, you noticed his wife and his mistress both get nominated for Oscars for this movie. He does not. This guy almost seems void of emotions throughout this movie. Like, he is so unfazed by the crazy shit that's happening until it really hits a boiling point where, like... A boiling point, Garrett? uh, On day one of this, like the second it was over, I'd be like, oh man, I hope she doesn't call my house. Like, I'd be like so fucking obviously suspicious of mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. where this guy mm-hmm. is just like so cool. Where it's like, oh, she's dropping by my office all the time now. She's stopping at my house. He did seem a little concerned about the slit wrists. Um, but like, but Even not on the level that I feel like you or I would be concerned and and not on the level of like this is an obvious red flag that like this woman is unstable, this is not okay, like we've known each other for two days, two days at this point, and that's that's her response to me walking out the door, like, oh no. Th- whoa i can't i can't form words this is not okay <laughs> so basically the next what feels like half hour of the movie is just her calling his office too much yeah her trying to call the house and hang up like he him and his friends i love his friends by the way that couple i did like, too i thought they had a perfect like two couples relationship they go bowling they're razzing each other at the dinner table they seem like they're a lot of fun together i love the montage because one thing we don't get enough of is what alex is up to 
like when she's not with Michael Douglas, we mostly only see Oh, her we with know him. what she is up to. She is sitting on the floor <laughs> turning a lamp on and off and staring into the void. That's what she's doing. Just anytime you don't see her is, on like, screen, assume that's what she's doing. Well, like, did you see the movie uh, A Ghost Story where there's like that seven minute scene of eating an apple pie and there's no? nothing else happening? What? I no? want that. I need seven minutes of void to like really sink into me when she's not being fucking crazy at him. She's void staring mm-hmm. and just flicking that light on and off. That's mm. it. Like no hobbies, like maybe likes opera a little bit, but. God, yeah, she man, does listen is... to the opera after he turns down her offer to go see Madame Butterfly together. She is listening to the opera and staring into the void. Because that's what like, you do. And while all that's happening, uh, Michael Douglas's wife is looking at a new house. Right, and... because if you're, I get it, you're filled with guilt. Why buy your wife a dozen roses when you can buy her a house? Hmm? And he doesn't seem like he wants to go. But honestly, if I had cheated, the first thing I'd want to do is like, we have to get the fuck out of this town. I can never possibly run into this human again. But she yes, works. Let's at, move like, to the country. You ha- There's like a plausible reason you might run into her at work again. Like she works for one of your clients. Like there's no escape. You fucked up. Yes, you shouldn't have fucked so close to home. I'm a farmer in the country now. I have oh. given up my lawyer man career. And you know what? When I'm now sitting we raise around, rabbits. <laughs> my daughter's happy. Everyone's going to be suspicious why I was so quick to change my whole life. <laughs> Tell them you did ayahuasca and you had like a whole, um, you know, you saw the face of God and he told you that this wasn't where you were meant to be in this life. And now you want to be a, a rabbit farmer uh, upstate. So Glenn Close keeps calling this motherfucker's house. He she's like, you. it's like two in the morning. He's pretending he's talking to a work friend, which very suspicious yeah like, you gotta meet me they go meet at a subway and she drops the fucking bombshell on him that she is pregnant yep and i it's i was never a hundred percent sure if she was actually pregnant or not because like he says like she gives him the number of the doctor and she's like call him and prove it but like Still, I don't know. She's she's like set up as being kind of a liar, right? Like, although also not because there was the weird part when they were in Central Park together when he mm-hmm. like lays down and pretends he's dead on the grass. And she's like, how dare you? My father died of a heart attack when I was young and I'm super traumatized by it. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I would never have done that if I had known. And she was like, just kidding. He's alive and living in Phoenix. Ha 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 ha. But then you find out that her dad actually did die. And she was lying the second time when she said he was alive. And that absolutely baffled me. And he died of the first thing she said. Yeah, the heart attack, like, around, like at the age she said he did. So, like, I don't, I don't know why she would do that. It's, it's, then again, I don't know why she would do most of the things she does in this movie. But that one in particular stood out as, a, as an odd one. Well, she is just... 
a crazy person. Yeah. Um, and looking it up, I found like the exact mental illness she was supposed to have in this movie. And I oh. saw that Glenn Close said she felt uncomfortable because this movie portrayed the mentally ill in a bad light. Um, I mean, you, know, you and I are fair, both mentally I ill. Guess. Yeah. But, like she couldn't handle her shit. But no. uh, I don't know. Have you ever have you ever met someone that made you feel this way? Have you ever like been the crazy person a little bit? I have not been the crazy person. I have been in close proximity to the crazy person before. When I was in college, there was a girl who her uh, boyfriend was like going home to Oklahoma and she was convinced, like even though it was just for like a weekend visit, she was convinced he was going to sleep with his ex-girlfriend while he was there and she freaked the fuck out and she told everyone okay but and part of her freak out was that she watched the movie titanic three times in a row that is so long that is so much movie i i can't i know but it's also like three hours long that's that's insane that's like watching the whole (laughs) lord of the rings trilogy but it's just titanic (laughs) <laughs> anyway, she claimed she was she was pregnant in I guess an attempt to like get him to come home and not sleep with his ex-girlfriend. And we were all like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I watched Titanic with her one of those times." Uh, <laughs> I know. And then like l- later she was like, "Oh yeah, I I had a miscarriage." And we were all like, "You what?" And so we were never 100% sure if she actually was pregnant or if it was just a thing to try to keep her boyfriend from leaving her. From fucking in Oklahoma. Yeah. And then there was also the time when I was dating a guy and he apparently had not told his ex-girlfriend that she was an ex-girlfriend now. Like she still thought that they had a chance together or something and she figured out that I was at his house and of course her assumption is that like she's fucking him and i was actually a virgin at the time so i was not fucking him we were in fact watching the blues brothers um you like, were watching titanic three times in a row yeah we were watching titanic three times in a row like you do and no she um she ended up like drunkenly walking um like down like it was at SIU. It it was like down the like from Thompson Point all the way down to about where my house was, Garrett, if you remember. It was a long yeah. ass walk in the dark, drunk. And he's like on the phone with her trying to tell her, like, no, what are you doing? Don't don't come here. Cause she's like calling and crying. And next thing you know, I hear this like blood curdling scream from right outside the window because she has oh, seen yeah. my car in the driveway. And she starts, like, hitting my car, and I bolted, like, all my instincts kicked in, and I ran for, like, what room do I know has a lock? Bathroom. That's exactly where I went. I locked myself in. I'm, like, holding, like, whatever I can find. Like, my, it was my shoe, my my heeled shoe. I was, like, holding it out like a weapon. And as I hear her screaming there is crashing and banging through the living room and next thing you know like there's a door slamming and then she's screaming like kit come out i just want to talk 
<laughs> I gotta ask this. So for the listeners that don't know, Kit is a a, a, a small person. Five um, foot you, on the dot. You were you were you were a, a very fun size human. Yeah. yeah. Um was she like bit like obviously like she, it wouldn't she was a take tall that girl. much it was, was not that girl. it wouldn't take that much taller of a person to just no. completely manhandle you. No, but it, when we had to do our uh uh self-defense class in uh high school PE, I was fucking nailed it. Turns out that when I am under threat, I turn into a fucking feral cat. Like I go bat shit on somebody. So I had some belief that I would be mostly okay. But anyway, so she's screaming like, you're in there. Uh, how does she taste? She's asking him, like, how does she taste? You like licking her cunt? And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, my God. Because, again, virgin. Not, don't know what to make of any you're of this. You're a virgin, this. and she's out there screaming Rob Zombie dialogue at you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And then she goes back. She's like switching back and forth this whole time between like, I want to kill you and just come out. I want to talk. And I'm like, mm, I'm not falling for any of that shit. Next thing you know, I I hear a little more scuffling. And then she is out. Uh, the, I hear police sirens. And then there's like a few minutes later, there's like a knock at the, the bathroom door. And it's the guy being like, kid. Um, the police are here. You can come out now. Because apparently what happened was she crawled out the bedroom window after like ripping the curtain rod down and wielding it as a weapon to like get him to back off because he was standing between like her and the door where so that she wouldn't be able to get out and get to me. So she like wielded it as a weapon and then crawled out the window and then, of course, when the cops show up and they see this woman, like, crawling out of a bedroom window as if to escape from something, like, they're thinking, you know, that, that this is like a domestic violence thing. And so, like, uh, you know, they talk to her and talk to him. And then a cop comes in and talks to me. And I'm just, like, standing there. And now that the door is open for the first time, I can see that the living room is an absolute wreck. She has like flipped over tables. Apparently uh, he like grabbed her around the legs and she like hit the floor and army crawled through the living room trying to get to the bedroom where of course she assumed I was, which is why she went for the bedroom in the first place. And I was safe, safe <laughs> in the bathroom. So, yeah, I got to talk to the cops and tell them what happened. And they uh, gave her a, a ride home and uh, because <laughs> press charges. And as we're like collapsed into bed, we're not even thinking about fooling around or anything. We are so fucking exhausted. His goddamn phone rings. Why did you call the police on me? So at the end of every episode, I ask the question. Mm hmm. Is this person worth ruining your life for? Uh -huh. In the last two stories you've just told, uh, you know both of these humans yes. uh -huh. are either worth ruining your life their your life for. A hundred percent no. No Not to both? Close. No to both. No to both. That's fucking crazy. Look, the first one was from Mundelein, so like who trusts anyone from Mundelein? And the second one, she was very normal looking. She was not worth having that whole. Was she extraordinarily tall? 
No, she was regular lady tall. Okay. I mean, everyone's well, tall to me, Garrett. But anyway, yeah, those are my associations of being close to madness. Uh, since you asked, <laughs> not exactly on the level of you know boiling the rabbit, thank God. But did, uh, yeah, because uh, the cop showed up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they did. Where did we leave off with this movie? The pregnant thing in the 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 subway. Yes, and then he breaks into her apartment and. Uh, like that's when he finds out that she didn't lie about her dad being dead, or but she did lie about him being alive. And then she he fucking comes home, and she is talking to his wife, pretending she wants to buy the apartment. And that was another like horror movie moment for me of like, oh no, this woman is unhinged. I don't know what she's capable of. She's in my house. But then she like she becomes like a scary horror person. She's basically like he's go he he buys the rabbit for his kid. He goes to the parking garage and Glenn Close is running around like the goddamn phantom of the parking garage, like disappearing <laughs> yes. into the rafters yes. and shit. She ruins his car. It looked like she dumped fucking acid on it or yeah. something. I have no idea. But by the way, that's another wild foreshadowing um, is that in the very opening shot of the movie, his kid is watching like someone getting slimed on TV multiple times. Double there. It was yeah, it was it was lots of slime, and I was like, oh my god! So we're even foreshadowing the car acid, but I think it, I yeah. And so then there's also the tape that she has the tape that he listens to like the entire drive upstate. He is listening to this tape. It must be at least like eight hours long. Yeah, I had to point out like this is the first podcast in recorded history was just Glenn Close rambling into a tape recorder. And for me, so I don't know about you, um for me this movie I streamed it on Paramount Plus. And Same. And I watch movies with subtitles on. Mm-hmm. And the last line he hears in this tape is you flaming fucking F slur. Yeah, yeah, and because me, she's like, I bet you don't even like women, which is an odd thing to say to a man who fucked you and also his wife, but you know. But either way, she says that line, and because it's the last line, and they're so long till the next dialogue, that line didn't go away it. off my TV for about 50 <laughs> seconds. And there's just like a sweet shot of him and his family by a fire laughing and having fun, but written at the bottom of the screen is you flaming fucking Epsler. Oh no. <laughs> and that honestly, that whole 50 second segment might've been my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> oh no. So he goes uh, home. He's like, you know what? That yeah. podcast was pretty good. I should listen to that again. And he's uh, yeah. listening to the I Hate Dan podcast. The, oh, um, my favorite podcast. I Hate Dan. You you fucking F-slur. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, you know, it's it's well produced. It's about mm. a topic I understand, which is another. Me. Yes. Oh, my favorite topic. And the biggest 
boost like bolt of emotion he shows in the majority of this movie is him sitting there listening to the fuck Dan podcast <laughs> and his wife comes up behind him and touches him and he fucking jumps out Lit. of his seat and he's like yeah. I'm listening to I'm deposition listening to law. It's law. Listening to the law it's, I'm listening to Herman Munster talk about laws who is his boss uh who only has one scene uh, yeah um, <laughs> other side character I want to point out uh, yeah. Jane Kakowski. She, you know, from 30 Rock? No, I've never I've never actually okay. watched 30 Rock. Well, Jane Kakowski from 30 Rock or Krakowski, I'm sorry. Um she plays a character named Jenna and on 30 Rock, she plays their babysitter at the beginning of this movie. No kidding. And she's babysitting their daughter Ellen. Weird connection between the two of them. Jane Krakowski in the first National Lampoon's Vacation plays Cousin Eddie's daughter. In Christmas Vacation, the little girl that plays Ellen also plays his daughter, the same character's daughter, Wait, in the same what? franchise in the uh, two movies later. Yeah. That is wild. I, I don't know. I liked that. That was also Jane Krakowski, fun thing for anybody who didn't know. Um, she was dating the my pillow guy when all that shit went down. No. Which mm. is for 30 Rock fans, that's the most Jenna shit ever is dating <laughs> the my pillow guy. <laughs> all right. Back to the movie. Oh um, yeah, because now it's time for the rabbit. It's time for that poor rabbit. You know, she could have boiled the thing alive. She didn't. It appeared she slit its throat first. Like, it wasn't super barbaric. Um, I don't know, man. It seemed pretty fucking barbaric to me, man. <laughs> We're really getting into, like, the home stretch of this movie. Yeah. Where she's and just for like, some reason, Kill. after someone's broken into your house and boiled your daughter's rabbit, um, you feel like it's now it's time to come clean to your wife. Now it's time to come clean to your he wife. Really fucking waits. Like yeah. he decides that this is the this is the point. This is where. Okay, like, wait. At I which point would something. you have said something? Because I I'm curious. Um, Phantom of the Parking Garage is really hard to just like hide that your car got fucking killed by a Batman villain. I don't know. Mm. Like who who kills things with acid? I, Batman villains, you're correct. See, I feel like I would have told back when she was in the apartment. Like, once she's met your wife, it is, all bets need to be off. Like, she has clearly gone too far. Now that my wife has, like, met her, we need to talk about this. That's that's where I would have said something. I love that he says to his wife, the last thing I ever wanted to do was hurt you. Mm. That was the last thing I wanted to do. The first thing I wanted to do was come. And mm -hmm. I did that. But and I, I did accidentally that. hurt you. I, ooh, darn it. I hate it when that happens. I mean, this is like the ultimate, like, here's why you shouldn't cheat on your family, like, movie. Right? Like, that. that's that's the thesis of the movie. Don't Don't do it. I bet this movie uh, dissuaded, like, a few dudes. Where they're like, this oh, is sure. the cautionary tale that mm. scared me straight. 
I mean, the that was the other funny thing that John mentioned while we were watching it together is like he hates watching these in many ways because he can't stand watching people make bad decisions that then compound on each other and it makes him really anxious. And I was like, that's so nice to know that like you'll never cheat on me, not because I'm so wonderful and not because you're so loyal, but because it would just be too nerve wracking for you to keep a secret. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really. I yeah, yeah. He eventually You're tell the his same. friends. He tells his police or tells the local police yeah. who, who can't do anything. Um, she fucking kidnaps his kid and takes her on a roller coaster. Yeah, that was the other um, weird '80s things I pointed out because, like, in no way in a modern kindergarten would they let that child go home with someone who is not an approved like parent or guardian. It simply would not happen. Like once again, uh-uh. thank you, Ben Laden. Thank you, Bin Laden. You, now our kindergartens are more um, have more red tape to get through. Uh, but yeah, and so she's the wife is freaking out because the kid is missing, and she gets into a car accident. Meanwhile, Glenn Close is taking this kid on a roller coaster, and I had the thought, like, is that kid old enough to be on a roller coaster? Also, should a pregnant woman be on a roller coaster? I'm pretty sure pregnant women aren't supposed to ride roller coasters. So, like, this is bad for both of you. That child's not tall enough, and you are with child. Well, as we get into the final scene, like, you bringing that up is interesting. Because, like, basically there's this whole big blowout. Glenn Close breaks into the house, is holding his wife at knife point. But during this whole thing, like, where... Glenn Close and Michael Douglas are getting in a fight. She ended up getting a concussion. Glenn Close oh. did in real life, getting her head slammed into a mirror. And it turns out while she was doing all this crazy shit at the end, she was pregnant in real life. Oh my God. Good thing that didn't turn out bad. Shit. She says she still feels guilty about doing like all this physically intense stuff while she had a baby inside her, but she hey, didn't know. You know it's fine. Not her fault. My mom played badminton while she was pregnant with my brother so like and he well actually no he didn't turn out that fine but you know what <laughs> fine enough by um, well, it's a badminton you say enough. that like you're like my mom was playing tackle football while she <laughs> oh no it wasn't badminton my bad it was racquetball it's way worse it's a way harder ball it was like you just like picked the softest shit you're like, yeah, no. Leisure, leisurely exercise no she, it was yeah. racquetball uh, but yeah, but before she comes into his house, he goes to her house to try to kill her and like chokes her out and stuff. And then he's like, no, I can't choke her out. And then she's like, I'm gonna come at you with a knife. And then he gets the knife away from her. And then it's. I, I was definitely like, you should not have done this. You should have gone to the police as soon as you found out this woman kidnapped your child. Right. Like going to her house is just you're just putting evidence all over there. Like you're not you're doing yourself DNA anything. All over DNA the place. all over the place. It's 87. DNA is a thing. There's definitely fingerprints. Right. Um, so like on the knife. Not good. But then she shows up at his house, threatens his wife. And I think this is pretty badass. This is one of the craziest things she does. So as she's like 
going. The last 15 minutes of this movie is where Glenn Close gets nominated for this Oscar. Oh, 100%. Like, she is going wild. And honestly, as wild as she's going, it makes me even more angry that Tony Collette didn't get a hereditary nomination. That's a really good point. Deserve, this is a horror movie. Um, oh, but for as sure. she's like going crazy at Michael Douglas' wife, he is. Or she's like just picking at her own leg with a knife. Oh yeah, just... it's so good. It starts with her just like picking at the fabric, and then as she gets like more agitated, it starts to like scratch at her leg. It's so creepy. It's very horror movie. And and by the way, like they've set up this whole time that like Michael Douglas is walking around and like checking that all the doors are locked, but like it's too late. She's already in the house. And you know who could have helped with this if you hadn't made him be a part of this? The dog. Dog don't care no. she's in the house. Dog's not warning you. He thinks you're friends. She, she got added to the friends and family network in his mind. And, you know, it's... <laughs> he's met, Babe five right there. The you frolic in a park, mm-hmm. you get taken off the growl list. Exactly. Exactly. No more warnings. Uh, but yeah, and then... And then, so, like, yes, there's the fight in the bathroom, which is absolutely wild. And then, like, in order to to kill her he has to like shove her under the water in the bathtub and it's a really cool and creepy shot of her face just under the bloody water it's very cool and then like they're like oh it's fine no horror movie the monster ain't dead she's back up wife shoots her i was wondering though while michael douglas was holding glenn close underwater by the throat and you kind of see like in his eyes like his whole life flashing before his eyes and memories mm-hmm. and everything. And I was just wondering, like when he first went to her house to have sex, if like, mm-hmm. if he had had that Jiminy cricket, Steve Buscemi character that popped up and was like, listen, chum, if you go in there and bang this lady, you're going to have to murder her in a bathtub. If he would have been like, hmm, uh... I probably won't. It probably won't be that bad. And I really like coming because coming feels good. No, I think if if the uh, Jiminy Cricket slash Steve Buscemi had been there to jump off the back of a garbage truck and tell him that like, what what was it like? It ain't that good. Nothing's nothing's as good as they say it is. Uh, <laughs> then I feel like he would have just gone home and uh, 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 just masturbated instead, and and then just, took the dog for a walk and been done with it. Just go home and crank one out and eat your just wife's spaghetti. And eat your wife's spaghetti. There was spaghetti earlier. Sorry, folks. Either way, Michael Douglas, he shakes hands with the cops. He goes back inside. We see a nice photo of his family. And honest to God, I assume that night he slept on the couch. What do you think happened after this? Do you think she's like, you get to fucking sleep on the couch, you asshole? 100%. I mean, like, first of all, she has the right to be pissed at him already he impregnated a woman and uh, like then she came and allegedly allegedly impregnated a woman who then like came and attacked their family multiple different ways and like put her through all of this like i i don't know if i would ever stop like i know that like the tension of the moment we killed someone together that brings people together right no i'm i'm so over his ass after this point not happening but they do share a hug that says like 
I don't know. Maybe it's like more of a shared trauma hug. I think it, it is. is. Like, I definitely still love you and fully forgive you for everything that's happened in my life in the last Look, two they're years. all going to need family therapy. They're going to need individual therapy. They're going to need couples therapy. And they're going to need family therapy for that traumatized child. So, like, they can work it out then. It but sucks, I don't know. If though, because this is, is definitely going to hurt the friendship with their fun couple friends because uh... the dude knew and like, you know, he's supposed to be bros, but like when he hears the whole story, he's just gonna like, God damn, man, like you this is pretty up. unforgivable. Yeah. You fucked up real, real bad. I think it's time. Okay. I think it's time. We, we, we've watched one of the biggest. Yep. Like the biggest movie the of biggest. 1987, the year of my birth. This was the number one movie in the world. This movie really set off a chain reaction of Michael Douglas's horniness getting him in trouble. Yeah. And other actors willing to show butts and boobs and put themselves in similar situations throughout the 90s. Yep. One, mm-hmm. were you aroused? Scale of one to five. I gave it a one. A one? Look, the- so, yeah. Okay, look, it's... There's just the, all the eroticism is is packed in the very beginning, and then there's nothing erotic that happens for the rest of the movie, and so well, it we're just supposed didn't... to fuck when there's battery acid getting I... dumped from the sky. Okay, like... good point, I guess. But at the same time, maybe it's not a one. Maybe it's a one point five because them fucking on the sink uh, was pretty titillating. And the water, yes, I can see you doing the fucking motion of splashing water on your nipples, Garrett. Yeah, it was that was pretty cute. All right, that's hot. So I give it a 1.5 for arousal. What do you give it? So I I am with you. I think initially when I watched it, I was so off put by Michael Douglas and Glenn Close (laughs) that I was just like personally not sexually attracted to either of them. Uh, Once again, subjective. Oh, um, completely. But it's also I told you because because of how I view Glenn Close from childhood. Garrett would I, not fuck the vice president, no matter who just, it is. I can't. I can't. There's the like, and it isn't like they're more powerful than me. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's a respect thing. Maybe it's because okay. It, so, it, but would you fuck Harrison Ford? Is it? Is it part of my patriotic duty? Let's go with yes. Does it like what are what what situation are we fucking our way out of? Um, look, I'm just saying. Would like you can't say that, that the vice old president? Bastard? No. <laughs> okay. What about Jed Bartlett in The West Wing? I didn't watch that show. Never mind. If I was gonna fuck an Estevez or Sheen, I don't know if it would be him. That's fair, actually. And yeah, it wouldn't okay. be Charlie at this point. Because of AIDS. So it would definitely be Emilio. Oh, Emilio was always the hot one. Let's be honest with ourselves. Okay, so thrills. How are you ranking it on thrills, Garrett? Well, I guess like to give it an actual number, I'll probably give it 2.5 on the the erotic. Okay. Um, Because I do, I agree. Like the two sex scenes are like pretty fucking hot. Like that elevator BJ, that is like. true. Yeah. Like that's a good BJ. Like you can see on their faces. That shit rocked both of their worlds. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, true. 
but as far as thrills, I mean, the entire second half, I do think it slows down quite a bit while she's just being lightly crazy as it builds. You mean when she's staring into the void? Yeah. That, that I need part's more a void. little more. You <laughs> want more void? I need more void. Uh, no, but I think as far as thrills, I mean, boiling a rabbit is huge. People's I mean, lives are the, in physical danger. Yes. And towards the end, it is so uh, like cra- escalation of the crazy is so high. It's so much that definitely I put it at a five out of five on thrills. I was thrilled. I think you were right there. I I mean, if it's not a five, I'm probably like four and a half. Yeah. You know, I mean, this movie's an all timer for a reason. Absolutely. Like it is well written. It is exciting. Both actors offer me a little bit of their bodies, yep. which I appreciate deeply. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like this all started with me ranking them and these are actually the first two I watched. So I did rank Zandali higher, but I think it's a, a love of cage and my horniness towards Zandali. Um, mm. This is a better movie though. Like this is, this a is good, absolutely like, a, a better legitimate, better movie. Um, depending on your tolerance for anxiety inducing situations, you know, it may, it may be a more difficult watch than Zandali because it's, it gets real intense there as for, uh, would ruin your life for these people. No chance. Zero out of five uh, 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 would not ruin my life. Yeah. I am not like into her and he is just like an emotionally void suit. Are we like talking about he, his wife? Are we talking about Beth? 4.5 out of 5 would ruin my life for his wife. Fuck me up. Like, I will, I am, mm-hmm. like, going to be sliding in at the end of that marriage. Like, hey, let's go out and talk about what happened. Like, that's so you fucked seem, up what he did oh to you. God, like, I can't I'm, believe that. You and your kid, like, you deserve so much better. So much what am better. I doing tonight? I'm around. Do you want to watch Titanic okay. three or four times? Three or four times. I As many times as you need. So, yes. His wife, 100%. Kid and I are there to comfort her in her time of need. Oh, 100%. Lynn Close and Michael Douglas fucking deserve each other in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really hard to know who'd, who to root for at the end. It's not that hard. I mean, like, Michael Douglas d- it has not boiled any rabbits, so you're definitely rooting for him to win. Although, apparently, the original ending was that uh, Glenn Close, like, killed herself and set it set him up so that he would get arrested. And... That would make it more in line with the the Madam Butterfly like theming mm-hmm. of the woman killing herself because the man abandons her. But like, God, I don't think I would have been able to handle that. Like, that would just be if the anxiety was high already. That is too. That is too high. That is too much what? for me. And it's gonna add like another ten minutes of like courtroom scenes and police stations. Get the movie <laughs> over with. Just like. We're Even here, if it's just, just him being arrested and let out the door, though, like, that's not the message I want. That's not, like, the the feeling I want to end on. I like the classic horror movie ending. Mm. The Like you said, the monster comes back. She goes back down. Everything's happily-ish ever after. <laughs> Plus, then you get the different uh, foreshadowing of when she's like, if you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you. And then guess who gets to kill Glenn Close? It's Beth. 
It is funny though that the original ending only aired in Japan. And that was a, a hmm. thank you. That was actually like their apology for the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're really sorry about the stuff we said about sushi and bowing. Um uh uh here, you guys get the real version. In in Japan, I bet if you looked up a, a review, they would be like, that was excessive bowing. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again this week. We will be back next week with another erotic thriller. Beth, uh, if, if you're wanna... listening, call us. We are available to talk anytime. Um, you know, uh, we've and been Archer, through a lot. where are you at, babe? Beth, we are... my girl. You want to come on a show and talk about? You didn't even get to see any butts or anything in this movie. That's a shit. But if you have any questions for us. Hit us up at our email address, eroticthrillerclub at gmail.com, or hit us up on Instagram at eroticthrillerclub. I am at Gartet. I am at and Caboodle. And remember, thank you. We love you. We want to shake you naked and eat you alive. Is that really what we're going with? <laughs> I'm going with it. <laughs> You got something better? No. No, I got nothing. <laughs>